So the analysis paralysis came from a lot of a lot of fails, right? I tried a lot of different things. I've tried to get rich quick schemes. I've got caught in those. Another big thing in in just the real estate industry, and I've heard this on other from other people, just the amount of information. Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires, it's Adam Schrader here with another episode, joined as usual by Zach Lee Master, the founder and CEO of Rent to Retirement. And we have a special guest today. This is one of our investors, Jeff. Uh, We're going to talk to him about his journey, what he's doing now, what he's going to be doing, why he's doing it. So, Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, Jeff, we've had several conversations at this point. I know you talked with Zach uh, way back in the day. Um, what you when you started getting thinking about real estate, you kind of have a little bit of a deadline coming up that's pushing you towards real estate investing, right? So tell us a little bit about you know, why you decided to get into to real estate now. Well, I appreciate the deadline. You can see the deadline as a firefighter is <laughs> coming up very rapidly um that's part of the the job thing they look at and like too much gray (laughs) correct when you have too much gray they want you to move on um so yeah i've been a firefighter thanks for having me i've been a firefighter now for close to 20 years and i have done some real estate um but not in the terms of investing i bought a house and kept my one house so i was actually doing it a while ago, back in 2008 when the crash. And then I sold it and moved back into this one. So I never, I never got going. I never got going. So I, I was introduced. I, I found you guys through bigger pockets, which I'm sure a lot of people find, find you through. Um, I spoke, I started listening to your podcast uh, probably two and a half, three years ago. And I, I had spoke with you, uh, Adam, about the whole Cape Coral boom. And that was really the one that I, I contacted Mr. DeMaster and uh, talked to him about it. And he gave me great information. And I listened to your podcast and every week interviewing, interviewing these people that are doing it and success. And we just can't keep them around. And every, I was there every day listening to your podcast, but I was the one on the fence. I just, I was so scared to pull the trigger and that fear basically cost me whatever, you know, I mean, it just cost me time. So now as I get closer to retirement, um, I realize that I'm the type of person that doesn't want to be completely reliant on my pension. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can increase my cash flow for my retirement. And that's basically what what got me off the fence is it you you have to it's there <laughs> you just have to move you have to you have to do something you have to take action and I've heard that I don't know how many times if you were to go back through all your podcasts and count the number of times that take action comes in <laughs> it's it's absolutely <laughs> I mean that's the biggest I people. 
you need somebody behind you just kicking you and telling you move forward, move forward, move forward. Um, definitely. That's all it is. It's just, <laughs> just taking the, taking the chance. Nothing's guaranteed in life. Right. So why, you know, you, you talk about investing in different, you know, markets and this, that, and the other thing, real estate, you know, by, by, by Zach's words, you know, it's, it's one of the best tools out there. It's one of the best industries. It's recession proof or over the long haul, you know? So even if I don't get to enjoy the, the benefits in my lifetime, at least I'm starting something for my children and their children. And that's, that's kind of how I look at it. It pointed out a lot of excellent um, things there, Jeff. And um, I think one thing I want to point out, well, going back to the taking action aspect is that, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm a pretty simple person and uh, I, you know, I think uh, I like, I like things that just make sense to at least to invest in like, like stocks and crypto, like all this stuff is what well, well, to be on me, but like real estate, I can, I can grasp, right. It's tangible. It makes sense. You're housing, you're housing people, people need a place to, to rent or to live and you know, you provide that for them and real estate, we all know goes up in value over time. Like that is not overly complicated. I think, I don't know. I, I do want to dive into some of the things that caused you to like wait a little bit of time or gave you analysis paralysis or maybe some of the fears because a lot of people find themselves in that ask in that area. But really what I think what allows you to be successful in real estate over time is um, yes, taking action initially and honestly just consistently taking action. Like big picture here, not every investment you make is going to be profitable, and that that's okay. But you don't you don't need every one of them to be perfect. Like so, just know that going into it. Like if you can, and and I, we really try to pay the path for investors where we've done a lot of the legwork and the research and uh, putting the teams in place. So like it gives you a higher chance of success in real estate, but you still will have issues. But just go into it knowing that, but also knowing that hey, if you take enough action steps, like you will be successful. I can't say it's it's guaranteed, but it's it's pretty um, you know it's pretty probable that you'll at least be successful if you continue to take action. So take action initially, like the recipe to success is take action, and then consistently take action, you know, year year after year. And the other thing that you pointed out is like you're doing this as you're nearing retirement age, and so and that like that's okay. Real estate, uh, you have a pension, which which is fantastic because that's something that's kind of disappearing nowadays. Uh, even even the military got rid of their full pension, um, you know, and they have a blended retirement program now. So we're starting to see that become more often. So, I mean, the point is, is that real estate, like you don't need, you also don't need a lifetime to create wealth. It's like for it's, and it serves a different purpose for each person. For you, you know, it'll be additional streams of income for you. It will give you the ability to pass something forward to your children as well. Um, as, as a legacy. And so I, you're kind of being as that, but it's, it's never too late to get started. And if a few dedicated years of investing um, can make a big difference, you know, you don't have to wait a lifetime. So I just wanted to revisit and point some of those things out because. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, so the, to touch base on that, the analysis paralysis um, for me personally, I don't, I, I can't speak for anyone else. Um, I'm not the I'm not the guy, or I am the guy who is not afraid to diverge off of what society tells you you have to do. I I've always been the one to look for creative financing. I've always been the one to look for 
multi-level marketing. I tried that, you know, I, I wasn't afraid to venture out because I knew that there's, you know, there's gotta be other ways that you, you can't tell me that the bank has my best interest in, in, in mind. It, it just, it, it doesn't happen. So the analysis paralysis came from a lot of, a lot of fails, right? I tried a lot of different things. Uh, I've done, I've tried the quick, get rich quick schemes. I've got caught in those. Um, another big thing in, in just the real estate industry, and I've heard this on other, from other people, just the amount of information. You know, there's rent to retirement. There's, there's probably a bunch of them out there, you know, I, that, that are doing similar concept stuff. And it's like everybody has their own little thing. So it's like, who do you trust? It, it all comes down to trust. So how do you build trust? How do you over a, over a phone? You know, you don't see a property. So that's, that's another big fear, at least for me and why I, why it took me so long. And, and I didn't, I, I didn't take the action step because I, it was from previous hurt and taking the next step, even though, you know, real estate is it, by virtue of chance, it's a, it's an investment, right? I could lose money in the stock to market or in the market tomorrow, but I, I could lose anything. So you still have to take that action. But so, that's, that's why the analysis paralysis came in. Then I met Adam. We developed some trust. I closed on a property and now I'm like a hamster in a, in, in a wheel. I can't stop. I can't figure out my next move. Like, I, I got so much going on and what's the right one. So now I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. So I need to, I need to close the spectrum down and stay right in this, you know, area. Cause I'm not made of money. And, and I'm, I believe you said, you know, plenty of times that doesn't matter how much money you have. Eventually you run out of it when you're trying to build that portfolio. So that's where I'm at. So you missed out on the Cape Coral like you were talking about. You hadn't made any action. And then your first move was the, you know, Alabama property with zero down. That is an interesting first venture. So what was what was it about that that you made you decide, you know what? Um, I know I'm in the deal for a little bit of money, but I'm going to be negative cash flow. What how did you pitch that to yourself and to your wife um, in getting into this is your first investment? So that's interesting. Uh, I'm probably going to fumble this up badly. Um, why did I invest in the other? So 100% financing, right? I, I Honestly, Zach, you, you convinced me. I listened to your solo podcast. And if you're going you're, you're gonna to lend me 100% of the money and I get an asset, and I'm going to be upside down a couple, you know, hundred dollars for not forever, but until, you know, until it evens out or, or, or comes to fruition with uh, rent increase, you know, honestly, I looked at it as a, as a, as a write-off, you know, I, I get to write off that on my taxes right away. I, I'm not going to say I don't need the cash flow because I do. But it was an it was an easy intro for me with the hundred percent financing because hey if it all goes 
if it all goes bad, it's your money. You know, you lent me the money. I, I'm, I'm, I still have the asset. So as long as it's, as long as it's pain itself or within my, my, uh, my wheelhouse within my, you know, com- my budget, um, I was okay with that. So now yeah. I'm looking for a cash flowing property that I can go. I think we talked about this. I, I can go from zero doors as of three months ago to three, two or three doors for very almost a little under a hundred thousand dollars out of my pocket. Yeah. And just um, thank you for walking us through that. So just to set the stage for anyone listening at whatever point in the future, this is because actually even right now, like that's, there's no more uh, at this point in time, hundred percent financing available. The credit union, at least that offered this um, as we expected, had a time sensitivity to it. It was a loan option specifically for investors that that qualified. You still have to personally qualify for this. Um, and then, and now they offer a 95, again, at this point in time, a 95% loan to value or 5% down option that will probably be gone at some point in the future here as well. But what, what Jeff is referring to is a little bit more of an advanced theory, which, um, basically is an investor loan where you put zero money down. I mean, you have some closing costs or whatever, but the loan, the lender will give you hundred <laughs> percent of the loan and the reason to do this. And you, you are negative cash flow on the property as you would expect when you were financing hundred percent of the property. New, um, new right. Right. But the, and so the, the play here, uh, because there's a lot of people that hear that on the surface and they're like, what the hell are these guys doing and talking about these things? It's 2008 all over. Okay, it's like back up right. a second. Like, first of all, if this doesn't make sense for you, don't do it. <laughs> okay. And if you, and if you want to put some money down, you, you can. And our goal is always to just like educate people on these options. Um, but this is, this is a play where you're getting into a brand new construction house where it's in a growing area. It's in the Sun Belt, um, you know, where the you know, population is growing. And this is a basically a long-term hold where yes, your negative cash flow because you have a hundred percent loan, but you're also acquiring an asset that's going to grow in value. That's going to be a tax write-off and use depreciation year after year. That's going to let the tenant is buying the loan down for you. And so, if your negative cash flow, if you look at a five or ten-year hold, and you you have negative cash flow for even the majority of those years, but you compare it to the equity that you built through appreciation and debt reduction and tax benefits, like and going into the investment with a little money out of pocket, like it makes sense, but that's just a hard, that's a hard thing for people to grasp for their first investment. And that's kind of why Adam pointed that out because, because our fundamentals would say like buy cash flowing properties. But again, that's assuming you're using, putting some of your money down. Um, So I just wanted to set the stage for anyone listening going like, what is he talking about with hundred percent financing? And like, um, I, I didn't know if I would even qualify for it. So it was kind of, kind of interesting to do that, you know? And it's strict, it's strict qualification criteria. Like to me, and this is why we brought it to the community. Cause like, it's just a no brainer, right. Um, for, for the simple fact, like a tax tax place specifically, right. anytime you can, uh, but yes, of course have reserves, make sure you're covering your negative cash flow years. Uh, and you wouldn't have qualified for this loan product if, if you didn't have strong financials as is because they have very strict qualification criteria for the bank. It's not like it's not 2008 where there's given these, these loans to anybody. Um, I want to ask about not to be too self-serving here, but I do think this is important for people that um, are thinking about investing with rent retirement or any other company, uh, because you brought up a lot of good point. Like 
there's so much you can do in real estate is we get the shiny object sometimes and that contributes to the analysis process because there's so many different things you can do and people you're here learning from but like can you just tell us like what was it about rent retirement or this specific path of investing that did allow you to ultimately develop trust and and decide to pull the trigger and move forward so i would have to say um connectability um i connected i listened to a lot of different podcasts and i for me i was able to on some level connect better with how you guys interact and and and, and do your podcast um i i i love the straightforwardness uh that you've always that you've always shown on 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 your podcast i don't i don't watch it on youtube so <laughs> i listen to it mostly um but uh that that for me was a big part of it talking to you on the phone two and a half years ago uh you called me i i wrote you an email i got your email i don't even think it was off i i I like web hunted you <laughs> and, and got your information and you actually called me and, and talked to me. And I'm like, I'm talking to the CEO of, of, of a pretty large company. And that was kind of a, um, for me, that was, that was, an, that was an important and integral part of, of the relationship build. Um, I know you can't do that with everybody, you know, obviously you're, you're busy, but, uh, when I, when I compare rent to retirement with the, with the other ones, um, I, I like the simplicity of it. I like the pro forma, you know, checklist that you, that you give with everything on some of the other ones that I've gone to and visited. It's like a, it's like a bidding war. Uh, I've noticed there, there's, you know, a couple that have bidding wars and then, um, I didn't, I don't want to get into a bidding war. That, that for me was, was a big part of it. Just, just listening to you, the camaraderie, the information that you give is not all, I like the fact that uh, you give the industry itself a lot of credit. So it doesn't matter if you're up against another company doing the same thing, you're just out there for the investor to take action. If this company is better, better suited for you, then by all means, I'll give you their number. You know, I, I, I don't want you to sit there because you don't, you know, and, and on the sidelines, I'd rather you get in, invested with something, do something. If our company can, can do it for you. Great. If not, let me help you find the next one. That was kind of the message that, that I received from you guys. We appreciate that. And, Hundred percent, Jeff. It's it's all about um, you know what what has been rewarding for us in this uh, industry and in this uh, and and I know Adam can attest to this is is well working with people and through his own investments is yeah we're we're here to help people accomplish their goals whether it's with us or whatever they're doing um, because that's that is what is rewarding um, you know to us yes we are a for profit company but yeah. uh, you know mm -hmm. it's uh, and and rightfully so but our goal is to educate. Um, people on investing and, and help them take those next steps, whether it be with us or anyone, um, because we're true believers in the real estate industry. Um, just from, I mean, our own, our own backgrounds, you know, like we've, my wife and I have created a lifestyle that we wouldn't have had otherwise. 
Um, and we're just believers in real estate fundamentally of what it can help people accomplish. And yes, it doesn't happen overnight, but you know, for someone that wants to, to get involved in real estate and take the next steps and take action on it, like it is, it is possible. And there's, there's a proven track record, success leaves breadcrumbs, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, but you just need to have a strategic plan. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time to figure that out. And it's, it's an ongoing process. So anyways, thank, thank you for that. And we certainly try to, you know, just take it to the ground level and build individual relationships as we were talking before the show. And, and thank you for reminding me on those early calls. You were, uh, I was chatting with you right as I was about to give birth to our first child. So, yeah, and we, we were talking about some of your, uh, some of your children and what they're doing stuff. So, I mean, that's, those, those things are important to us, you know, it is, it is. I, I, you mentioned, you know, you, you and your wife, your personal story. So you were an optometrist, I believe. Did I have that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, here you are, a, you know, I would assume a, a successful optometrist and I'm not the smartest person in town, but obviously if, if you became successful, you, you always look to people where you want to be, right? You, that, that's the key to any success. You always kind of see where somebody else is at and you, you, it looks good on the outside and, you know, I, I, I like that. So let me kind of attach myself at the hip and, and, and see what he's doing and try to emulate that. Cause I'm not the smartest guy. I'm a firefighter for Christ's sake. So, <laughs> so real estate, it's a, it's a simple man's game. Like I said, I just, it's, it's don't, you know, it's a proven path and um, but, but there is a lot of information out there. You gotta, you gotta sort through, you know, yes. so we try to remove a lot of the noise. There is you a brought up, you brought up, you know, talking to Zach when he was having his kid, your kid, kind of what is your, and you mentioned, you know, generational wealth there, kind of what are you hoping that kind of you getting in now is going to, you know, convince your children to get into it? Or are you just thinking, all right, I'll hand it down and then they can figure it out at that point? Or kind of what are you, what are you looking at in terms of the familial part of your investing? Yeah. What's the why? Kind of, I think that's kind of tying what's into the that question. What's what's what what's the why? My personal why, on a simple on on a, on a simplistic level, is is that I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of people, police and fire, with pensions where it was taken away for whatever the reason. It was you know that you you work for 20, 30 years and you're promised something and then all of a sudden you have nothing. I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. I, I've never been comfortable with that. I don't want to rely on just my pension. So for me, even though I've dabbled all throughout my life, you know, I've bought probably total six or seven homes over the course of my lifetime. You know, if I had more education, if I had more forethought, I would already have somewhat of a portfolio. But I didn't hold on to stuff. I, I I bought, sold, put it in the next house, and you know did did what every other American does. Um, my why is 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 that I don't want to rely on my pension. Period. End of story. I I want to have something else that's coming in that if I if I God forbid get hurt and I can't provide for my family, there, there's something else there that they have. As far as my kids, I hope to show them and educate them. Like I have two 
younger stepchildren right now, they're uh, 14 and 10. And I'm hoping to do a little bit better job than I did with my older girls and at least educate them and give them a sense of what's out there, you know, knowledge, right? Give them, give them the knowledge, what they do with it is up to them, but show them that there is a, there is another way. And doesn't matter what you do, you can still put this in the equation with it. So that, that, I don't want to hand it to them. No, I'm not a, I'm not a handout guy. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> the best thing you can pass on is education and information though, right? Correct. Correct. So that, that would be what I want to pass on to them. And, uh, and then if things work out, I, I, I would really like to figure out a way to kind of get a new primary home, you know, um, and turn turn my townhome into a rental. It's just in my area. It's it's a little hard to do that. So it's a lot hard to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for living in Florida, man. Yeah, <laughs> not just Florida, but the south, the southeast corner of it. Right. I got Tiger Woods in my backyards. I mean, he he's you know he's hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> Working, working on him with the uh, working on a sling with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. What, yeah uh, that's what I want to do. What are your thoughts on just in general what's happening? I mean, we talked I think yesterday about uh, you know looking at your next investment. Obviously, this isn't exactly the time that people are you know running for properties because they're scared of interest rates. Um, what are you looking at now? I mean, you're still in hunt mode. Or are you just looking for something that, uh, you know, tell people, are you just looking for something that makes sense today that'll make better sense down the road? Or why are you still looking in a high interest rate environment? Well, um, number one, I mean, it on right there on your website, it, it you know, it, if you qualify, there, there's a lot of incentives. A lot of these lenders and what have you, um, and I'm not the best at the lender game, but I, I have some, some knowledge of it. Um, they're offering a lot of incentives. So it doesn't mean that uh, you, you necessarily will, will close it with a high interest rate. It just it means that if you, you know, they're offering these incentives for people like myself that, that don't want to wait. I can't afford to wait. I, I, I got four or five years of, of employment years left, you know, so I really don't want to wait for the, maybe the rate, you know, comes back down. So if I can lock in an investment at five, seven, six percent right now, I know that's not what it was three, four years ago at the two threes, but that doesn't matter because I'm still, I'm still under what, it was back in my parents' day at 16, 17%. Um, it doesn't take away the fact that I can always refinance if the rates do drop dramatically. It just has to, the numbers have to work, you know, click. So you got to pay closing costs to refinance it. But if you're dropping two points on the interest rate because the, you know, industry drops, then that's what you do. So, yeah. 
it's really not something that you're locked into for 30 years. I know that's what it says on your, on your, on your closing statements, 30 years at this rate, but that doesn't mean that you have to stay there for 30 years. Yeah. There's a lot of um, like on the residential side, when we're talking about um, just normal conventional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans to, uh, to purchase your 30 year fixed loan. Like there is no prepayment penalty with those. Um, and I think just as to put things in perspective, a lot of loans on the, like the commercial side and uh, more like investment specific loans, they, it's normal to have prepayment penalties where like you are locked and they're also not fixed for 30 years. They likely have a term. So it's like, it's more of a dynamic process where shoot, you're kind of stuck in that loan for a little bit of time. And you also have this, like the future is a little bit unforeseen where, Hey, if you have like people are actually the people that are hurting a little bit right now are people in the, the commercial industry where they had loans that were locked for four or five years or whatever um, at low interest rates. And now their interest rate is much higher. And now they have, they have to refinance or sell that property. But at least on the conventional side, having a 30 year fixed loan with an interest rate, it's a very safe place to be. And I wouldn't call this, I wouldn't call this a high rate environment. I would just call this a normal rate environment right. because it's just that relative to where we just came from, which was historically right. low interest rates, right? So, exactly. um, but anyways, that you, you brought up a good point, Jeff, because it's one of two things is gonna happen. Like if you're buying a property now and you underwrite it now and it cash flows right now, either and interest rates go up, well, great, you've locked a lower interest rate and you know your cash flow, you're still cash flowing on the property. Or if interest rates come down, which one of those two things is gonna happen, then you can refi and now your cash flow position um, improved. However, you're building regardless of that, which that's not even the main point of investing. That's just a byproduct is a cash flow, but you're building wealth through owning an asset. Every single mortgage payment you make, the tenant buys a loan, pays a loan down for you, that increases your principal balance or decreases your principal balance. Uh, the house appreciates over time, you get the tax benefits and depreciation, you know, and all these things are building wealth regardless of, you know, the cash flow and interest rates. But it's just um, hearing you sort through this and talking with you now over the past couple of years, and now you got the bug and you're that hamster on the wheel looking for the next thing. Like, it's really cool to watch the, the transformation for people um, just kind of mentally as it clicks and then they get it, they get the bug. Um, and we, that's, that's also rewarding for us to, to work with people on a, you know, on multiple years later, being able to continue those relationships. So, yeah, I, 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 I look forward to that. I, <laughs> I look forward to doing another one in a couple of years, you know, and see where we're at. So yeah, for sure. And, and another thing is, uh, on the rate, if, if you look on, you know, every time I go on the website, it, it shows you a, uh, estimated cash flow, right? On on your performance that you that you put out, right? Yep. So that's all in your performance. That like the rate is there. The the you know all the taxes, insurance, the property man, like all of that is calculated in. It's not a an exact number, but it it, it it's close. So why, why would you, why, why wouldn't I take advantage if, if I can, if I can lock in now at whatever the rate is that the lender has given me and I still am, am pulling a cash flow, that's what I'm after. I'm after that cash flow. So if, 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 the, if your numbers are correct and I'm going to trust you, then 
I'm going to talk to them and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to see how close you are on, on being right. And if it works, it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just love that you've gone from analysis paralysis to you took action and now you're looking at some of the concerns other people have like interest rates and you're just going, why, why are you worrying about that? And just kind of the, the, the distance that you've come in, you know, not a, not a crazy long amount of time, just being like, you know what, you're right. And this is the investor mindset that I talk to people about is once you own the one property, you're just like, oh, wait, hold on. This wasn't as hard as I was making it out in my head. And oh, this, these things that seem so important aren't really the end all be all of what I need to do. And have just kind of progressed. And I think you're going to be on a, a very good path as, uh, as you progress. So just wanted to, that's the main reason I asked the question about the interest rates is I knew where your head was now compared to where your head was, you know, six, eight, 10 months ago. You right. know, what, what we should do, Adam, is we should bring on, um, we should bring on a new investor if they're comfortable with it before and like maybe address some of these questions live even, you know, and like, may we bring in some guests like Jeff where he can, he can go through and, and maybe relate uh, to someone that's just getting started. I mean, that's kind of the purpose of putting out these, these interviews as well is to help people that are kind of in that position, in Jeff's position two years ago um, that are trying to, to learn about that. And I think on that note, Jeff, we'd like to hear about um, some advice that maybe you would share with yourself two years ago or, or anyone else getting started, but just real quick uh, before we do that, um, I forgot to mention as well, like right now as, as well to your, uh, to another point you mentioned, you do have a buying opportunity. The market has slowed down because of interest rates. And that is a good thing for, for buyers. Do not, do not mistake that for being a bad thing because now we actually have more opportunity, like trying to buy houses when we had low interest rates, you know, two years ago and it was just a buying frenzy. Like it was a multiple offer situation. Often you had to, there's low inventory, like you had to wait 12 months sometimes for some of the inventory, the new construction, for example, that you can buy now that's already completed or close to it below market value where the builder gives you five or 10K of incentives. In some instances, it's like, you know, that alone will change. Like that makes way more, like such a buying opportunity. You got to realize that. But anyways, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't pass over that. But talk to us about some advice that you would share with yourself, uh, you know, back in the day or a newer investor that's, that's eager to get started. They're kind of in your position. They want to do something, but they're getting this analysis paralysis and they're letting fear stop them. Oh boy. Um, gosh, <laughs> that's, I, fear is, uh, so it, if I put it in, in realms of maybe this will, maybe this will hit with somebody. If you put it in with what I do for a living in a day to day, uh, every day is, is a blessing. You never know what's going to happen. So allowing fear to control your life, um, in terms of what you want to go after or what you want to do. Um, you're, you're a role model to the kid, you know, to your kids, to your family, you got, you, you just have to take that action. You have to, you have to say that, the fear, what is it? Fear, um, overcoming fear. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say that the fear is you can't let it control you. You just can't. Um, so you, 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 you literally, if I could give myself advice from two years ago, I would have, I would have jumped, I would have probably had two Cape corals and I would have probably had 
close to $200,000 of, of just money in the bank, just from appreciation alone, forget everything else. They, it just was a perfect time. And I missed out on it, you know, because I was afraid to pull the trigger. So you can't be afraid. You can't let fear control your life, period. And don't kick yourself in the butt too much for, for not taking it. Like we're all there. We should have, could have, would have, you know what I mean? Right. There's always the next opportunity and right. there's always changing markets and there's always opportunity, but yeah, real estate, regardless of like, okay, great, quick appreciating market and strong market, like still, still very strong market, but like, you know, real estate's the long game and, and all the houses, all houses appreciate over time, regardless of short-term fluctuation, you know? And so yeah, it's like, I wish and I had a bet. I wish I had a better answer. I've, I've listened to that question asked on, on all your podcasts. And, and if people will just realize that if they go back through a bunch of them, you'll hear the same thing over and over and over and over and over. You just, you, you can't, you got to that option. <laughs> it, it doesn't change. Like it, it's a, it's a broken record. You know, it, you can say it over and over and over, but until you pick up the phone or, 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 you know, draft an email and, and contact somebody, to take action, it's it's just gonna you're just gonna watch it on on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate the time that you uh, spent. Really love that you've taken the step and look forward to helping you with many steps to come in the future. Uh, for anybody, you know, he said, reach out, send an email, start taking action. You can head over to renttoretirement.com. You can schedule a call with us. You can see the inventory we have. You can see some of the incentives that if they're still there, whenever you're uh, watching this in the future, you can see what's happening there. That's at renttoretirement.com. And don't forget, if you're looking for a market to invest in in 2023, you can send a email to podcast at renttoretirement.com and get a copy of Zach's top 20 markets to invest in in 2023. That's emailing podcast at renttoretirement.com. Really appreciate the time you spent educating yourselves today. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.